But if you prayed for patience or humility, that God would put you in a position to force you to learn how to have patience. And so people would say, don't pray uh, for patience. And mostly it was just one of those church phrases or sayings that wasn't really grounded in any truth. It just was repeated so many times that it sounded wise. And so we assumed it was true. Um, But let me tell you why we should pray for patience this morning, okay? Why, Why I think it's important that we pray for patience, because we need it. We need it. We need patience. And without the Holy Spirit's help, we'll never have the kind of supernatural patience that we need to have the kind of fruitful relationship with God that we could have, okay? So we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, patience. And when I say the word patience, the easiest, most common kind of uh, word picture maybe you think of in your head it's really just the idea of waiting, right? When I say patience, most people think about uh, waiting like uh, the traffic is backed up on the interstate and, you know, you want to have more patience. Or um, maybe there's a long wait at a restaurant. Come on, that's me. And you just, you know, you got to have a little patience. You got to have a little patience. It actually reminds me of a joke that I read recently uh, that somebody emailed me. But uh, it was a the joke goes like this, that there was a man who saw a mom in the grocery store, and the mom had a three-year-old girl. And so they're going through, and parents, if you take your kids to the grocery store, you know how it goes, you know. So they're going through the cookie aisle, and uh, the little girl says, mommy, mommy, I I want some cookies. And her mom said, no. And so the girl immediately began to whine and fuss and kind of pout a little bit, cause a little bit of a scene. and, And the mother just quietly said, now, Monica, we just have about half the aisles left to go through, so don't be upset. Now, it's not going to be much longer. So they go a little farther, and they're going down the candy aisle. And so the little girl begins to shout for candy. I want candy, Mama. And, and so when the mom told her that she couldn't have any, uh, you know, she began to cry. And the mother just calmly said, hold on, Monica, only two more aisles to go, and then we're going to be checking out. And so they get to the checkout aisle, and we know that, Whoever created the checkout aisle didn't have children because it's, it's, you know, how that works. And so they get to the checkout aisle, and the little girl immediately begins to clamor for, you know, the gum or uh, whatever, you know, is there at the, they make no sense. The kids just want it. We know how that goes. And uh, the mom said no, and so the girl just busts into this awful tantrum. And, and so the mother patiently said, Monica, we'll be through this checkout in about five minutes, and then you can go home and have a nice nap. And so the man has been watching this go on the whole time, and so he follows the mom out in the parking lot, and he stopped her to compliment her, and he said, I could not help but notice how patient you were with little Monica. She said, oh, no, my name's Monica. My daughter's name is Becky. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to talk yourself into patience. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So being able to keep your cool in day-to-day situations is definitely considered patience. There's no doubt about it. But I want us to go a little deeper today, okay, and really kind of get down into the issues of the soul um, that that require patience, okay? So patience can be known as waiting, but I like the word endurance better. If you look up the word patience, you're going to find the word endurance uh, associated with it. And I like endurance a lot better, but I actually made up my own definition today. I like to do this sometimes, okay? So don't like take this to school or anything. This is totally made up by me. 
Uh, but, but here's how I like to define patience, especially for what we're going to be talking about today. Patience is long and boring obedience over quick and easy gratification. Patience is long and boring obedience over quick and easy gratification. All right, now let's just be honest and admit that long and boring is not something we're good at, okay? I'm going to do my best to not be long and boring today for you, but we can just kind of admit that long and boring is not something that we're good at. Quick and easy always seems like the better option over long and boring. Just, just waiting in general drives us crazy, Right? I mean, it's just unnerving. It's, it's unsettling. This, this waiting, it, it, it doesn't... Now, I made a list of things, uh, big things in my life or in our life that, that we have to wait for. And I know for me, it's agonizing or has been agonizing to wait on these things to arrive. These are just a, a quick list of things I jotted down, from kid up into adult, of things that are, are just terribly agonizing to wait on. What about Christmas morning, Right? You know, as an adult now, I'm going to bed about 8.30, you know, I'm, I'm tired, it doesn't really matter. But as a kid, I mean, I'm not endorsing this, parents, but come on, there was some Benadryl involved, there was something happening that my parents were giving me to go to bed, okay? Christmas morning is uh, just waiting on Christmas morning to get here. Uh, actually, one of the guys in our church here that works with our children's ministry, Matt Pletz, is like, he's like a big kid. I mean, he just starts counting down to Christmas the day after Christmas is over. He loves it. He loves it. But that's a tough one. Um, I know for me, like getting your driver's license, waiting to get your driver's license. Anybody like remember the, the, like, the, the thrill and the agony of waiting for your driver's license? I read a story recently about a Vietnamese woman or a South Korean woman her name was, I'm going to pronounce it Cha Sasun. I'm just going to kind of go with that. I'm not totally sure. But she lived in this tiny uh, South Korean village, and she always wanted to learn how to drive, but she didn't begin the process of trying to get her license until she was in her 60s. And so she failed the written portion consisting of 40 multiple choice questions. She failed the written portion 949 times. Yeah, and she struggled because being from a small village in South Korea, the questions just didn't really make sense to her. But finally, on her 950th attempt, she got a passing grade of 60 and then moved on to the driver's test, which she only failed four times before she passed. But by the time she passed, she was famous in South Korea because of her persistence, and actually the, the car company Kia gave her a Kia Soul and put her in a commercial because she was that famous, you know, right? And so it can be agonizing, like waiting on that 16th birthday. Maybe, maybe you were recently married and you're renting and you want to own a home, and it's like, when can I own a home? When can I have a home? Maybe you have a home, when can I have a bigger home? Maybe you're like, I don't even care about a house. I just want to be married, okay, waiting on my spouse. Maybe it's getting out of the house. I don't know if everybody was this way, but you start counting down the days till you get to move out of the house. 
Anybody? Come on. And, and, and so maybe it's having a baby. Maybe it's a dream job. Like all these things in life that require us to wait, and we just don't, we don't do good with waiting. We don't do good with endurance. We don't do good with long and boring. Every single one of us can point to things in life that we want to achieve or accomplish, right? Good things. Like maybe it's a dream career that fulfills you a lot better than what you got now. Maybe it's a house in a nice neighborhood, but it also may have nothing to do with stuff. Maybe it's freedom from an addiction you feel you'll never get off your back. Or maybe it's having a marriage that stands the test of time, and it just seems like you'll never get there. Seems like it's never going to come. It's ne- you're never going to find it, right? We all want good things. The problem is we want them now. And very few truly good things in life, come on, hear me, come quickly. Very few truly good things in life happen quickly. Most of us, and I'm speaking to the younger crowd today, most of us want what our parents have, but it took them 40 years to get it, and we want it in two. You know what I mean? And we get ourselves in trouble. Holy Spirit-enabled patience is the ability to see the end goal and take the long and sometimes boring path of obedience when it would be so much easier to find a shortcut or throw in the towel, right? But God wants us to have that kind of patience. Proverbs 16.32 says, Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. You wouldn't think that those comparisons would be fair or accurate, but according to Proverbs, in other words, the ability to control ourselves, to stay on the long and boring path of obedience is better than anything else you could accomplish. And I don't know about you, but I could use some help from the Holy Spirit in this area of my life. Can anybody else use some help from the Holy Spirit in this area of your life, right? Look at James chapter 5. Verses 7 and 8, if you're keeping some notes today, I would definitely write this scripture down. James chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. Here's what he says in James. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. And we're talking about patience, how to have patience, Holy Spirit-enabled patience. And James 5, 7, and 8 just gave us the answer. Did you catch it? It's easy to read through Scripture sometimes and just read words, but did you catch? Did you catch it? James gave us the key. He gave us the secret to having patience. Let's read it one more time. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return Here it is. Consider the farmers. That's it. That's the secret. That's the key. James says that if you want to have patience, you got to think like a farmer. If you want to have patience, you have to think like a farmer. Now, I did not grow up on a farm. I I do not farm. I don't even have a garden, okay? I I I don't do that. But here's what I do know. 
I know that farmers plant, water, and wait. That's what, that's what farmers do. Farmers plant, farmers water, and farmers wait. And there is absolutely nothing a farmer can do to speed up the process. He can't go out there in the dirt and be like, come on, seed. Come on, let's do it. A little quicker now, seed. Come on. He can't do it. He can't speed up the process. They know that. Farmers know that. They plant the seeds they want to grow, and when the time is right, they harvest or collect the harvest from the seed that they planted. It's a very basic, fundamental uh, teaching. Jesus talked about farmers and planting seed a lot. The Apostle Paul, James. The Bible's filled with this metaphor, this analogy of planting seed. And, and we don't have to get very deep this morning. It is very simple. It's very simple. You plant, you water, you wait. You collect the harvest from the seed that you plant. Right? So let me ask you this question today. What do you want to reap? What do you want to reap? What kind of harvest do you want to collect? I want you to seriously answer that question. Matter of fact, on your chair when you came in today was a small sheet of paper. Would you grab that sheet of paper for me? And find a pen. If you don't have a pen, find a a woman with a big purse, we say around here, and she'll have some pens. But get a pen, and I want you to write down an answer to this question. I don't want you to write down five answers. I don't want you to write down three And I know some of you, uh, like type A type people, are going to struggle with just one thing. But but I want you to write down the answer to this question. What do you want to reap? In other words, what's the dream? What's the hope? What, What is that one thing? What is that one goal? What is that one purpose, that one drive in life that you would say, if I if I could accomplish this, if I could have this. I, I want to harvest this. I want to reap this. In the words of the famous philosopher Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act 2, what do you go to bed dreaming about and what do you wake up thinking about? What, I want you to think about that. We're not going to rush past that. I want everybody to write something down. And I'm not going to take these papers and like hold you to it in a court of law, all right? Just go with that, that gut instinct that what's the dream? What's the harvest? What is it that if I could have this, if I could be this, if I could accomplish this? You got it? A few more seconds. What do you want to reap? What kind of harvest you want to collect? Okay. Ready for the next question? What seeds do you need to plant? What seeds do you need to plant? You've got it written down right there. This is what I want. This is what I want to accomplish. This is the dream. This is the purpose. This is the goal. This is the hope. Okay, got it. And it gets us excited and, you know, okay. What seeds do you need to put in the ground in order to reap the harvest or the dream or the goal or the purpose or the hope? We're thinking like farmers today now. And a farmer isn't dumb enough to think he's going to reap a harvest from seeds he didn't plant. So what do you need to do? What do you need to start? What's the next step? 
We take the path of long and boring obedience and we keep planting and we keep watering and we keep planting and we keep watering and it feels like everyone else around us is taking shortcuts and it feels like it's working for them. But what did James say? In God's kingdom, things move at the speed of a seed. In God's kingdom, Things move at the speed of a seed. Maybe as you look at that harvest, that dream, that hope, that goal, maybe, maybe the seed that needs to be put in the ground is going back to school. Now, some of y'all weirdos in here, you like school. You just keep going. You just keep going and going and going and going. Okay, But for the rest of us, more education can be long and boring. Okay. Maybe it's getting signed up for a Financial Peace University class and starting the long, boring process of getting out of debt when buying is more exciting. Maybe, maybe the seed you need to put in the ground is ending a relationship that you know is not going to produce the harvest that you want to reap. And you do it knowing that it may mean that you have to take a long and boring and lonely journey of obedience. Maybe it's working two jobs right now, the one you can't stand and the one that is your dream, but the one that's your dream is not big enough to support you yet. So you got to wake up and go to the long and the boring job and plant, and water, and wait. Maybe it's working a job that isn't your dream job, and you don't even know what your dream job is. And it's long, and it's boring, but you show up, and you clock in, and you work hard, and you're faithful, putting seed in the ground. And maybe it has nothing to do with possessions, and career, and accomplishments. Maybe the dream is someone to be healed, from a sickness that's taking their life. And you say, Jason, I've been putting seeds in the ground. I've been praying. I've been praying. I've been fasting. Why hasn't it happened yet? Look at what James said. James says that they they, they patiently wait for the rains and they eagerly look. Don't know why it hasn't happened yet. Don't know. But we pray We hope, we wait, we pray, we hope, we wait, we pray, we hope, we wait. We just keep putting those seeds of prayer into the ground, waiting for harvest. We mentioned it earlier, but maybe it's an addiction that you can't get off your back, and you say, Jason, I don't know what to do. You just keep putting those seeds in the ground. You keep showing up to church. You keep going to your meetings. You keep being honest to the people that are in your life who care about you enough to not write you off when you fall. You keep putting those seeds, those long and boring seeds of obedience in the ground. Hard work, faithfulness, obedience, And listen, like a farmer, if we will patiently endure, it's that word again, we will collect a harvest. We will. 
And that's not me just trying to make you feel good today. That's God's word. Galatians 6, 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Because at just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And man, I could stand up here today and I could tell you story after story in my life and my family's life. I could pass the mic around and you could tell story after story where God showed up at just the right time. Isn't that true? So true. He, he, he hardly ever shows up when I ask him to, but he always shows up at the right time. Always. And maybe one of the most tragic things that could happen in our life is that God doesn't show up because we decide it's not worth it. We throw in the towel. We quit. We don't patiently endure anymore, right? Let's don't give up on our dreams. Let's don't give up on our harvest. Let's don't give up on those prayers. Let's don't give up. Let's be faithful Long, boring obedience, seed in the ground, Holy Spirit helping us to endure. We can do it. I want, I want to close today by giving you three thoughts quickly. Not, not, nothing drawn out, but I want to just give you three uh, ideas that I believe are so important to help us with patience, enduring, long and boring obedience over quick and easy. Here's the first First thought, if you're taking notes, I would encourage you to write this down. The first thought is this, is that God's plans and dreams for your life are probably going to take longer and be harder than you imagine. God's plans and dreams for your life are probably going to take longer and be harder than you imagine. It's why, it's, it's why I love reading the Old Testament. Because you see story after story after story, and we kind of know how it ends, but I wish God would let me read the Bible sometimes like I had never read it before, just so I could live with the agony that some of these characters in the Bible had. You've heard me talk about Moses before. I'm going to do some writing about Moses at some point in my life. But Moses was a failure more years in his life than he was a success. When Moses was 80 years old, the only thing he had accomplished was killing a man and hiding the body without getting caught. Jesus was, waited 30 years before he ministered for three. Abraham didn't have his only child that God had promised him until he was 99 years old. And I love that he was 99 because you kind of feel like if he had had his 100th birthday, he may have given up. But God shows up at just the right time. David was told he was going to be king at age 15, but he didn't become king until he was 30. And the 15 years between the time he was told he was going to become king until he became king, the current king chased him and tried to kill him for 15 years. It's longer and it's harder than you would imagine. Because when God gives us that dream, when God gives us that idea, when God gives us that, that purpose in our hearts and in our heads... There's this excitement. We see it. We can see the end goal. We can see the harvest like James talked about. And because we're excited, we think it's going to happen. And it is going to happen. It's just going to take longer. And it's probably going to be harder than you think. Well, why would God do that? 
Why would God make us wait so long and take us through so many ups and downs before allowing us to realize our dreams, our hope, our harvest? Because God cares more about growing us than using us. He cares more about what we're learning than what we're accomplishing. And see, you think that God saved you and uses you because he wants to get results out of you. No, he, he, he doesn't need you to get any results. He can do it himself. Amen. He calls us and chooses us and, and plants dreams and, and, and passion in our life and in our heart and takes us on that journey so that we could know him more. That's what James said in chapter 1. He said, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. The journey is hard and longer because it has to mean something. And when our faith is tested, our endurance grows. And as our endurance is growing, we are being completed. So number one, God's plans and dreams for your life are probably going to take longer and be harder than you imagine. I know because I'm you and I know what you're thinking, 26-year-old, that you're going to change the world by 30. Maybe. Because God does choose a few people to do extraordinary things at an early age. There's no doubt about it. But the chances are you won't, and you'll be really mad and frustrated about it, and you'll think you're a disappointment, and every lesson that God is teaching you is more important than what you thought you were going to accomplish by 30 years old. High school student, you got dreams, you got ambition, incredible. Go for it. I'd rather you have dreams and ambition. You need to have it. Can I tell you that you probably are not going to accomplish all of your goals by the age of 25, and you may graduate college and not have a good job. Can somebody say amen? amen. It's okay. If you haven't killed a man and buried the body, you're doing better than Moses. Some of y'all are like, well, I did go. Okay, now I want to hear about that. All right. Number two. Some things that are right for your life are not right for right now. Some things that are right for your life are not right for right now. I had a little church with myself when I was working on this message because almost every bad mistake I've made in my life, I made it when I got in a hurry. Every time. Andrew and I financed a car at 18% interest for five years. Yep. We bought a house early in our marriage. We had no business buying because everybody kept saying, you need to own a home. You need to own a home. I'm like, all right, we need to own a home. We just have no money. But the, the bank helped us out with that. They were very kind. Um, I got ripped off online trying to buy deals that were too good to be true. You know? I know. It, 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 and money comes and goes, and it's tough when it goes, but money comes and goes. Let me tell you what was more painful than things and money. I rushed into tough conversations that ended relationships when my heart wasn't ready to have the conversation yet. 
just got in a hurry. And God is not going to give you everything He has for you right now because you're not ready for everything He has for you. Yesterday, Andrea took the girls to do some stuff, and so me and Solomon were just hanging out at the house, a little, little father-son time, and, and she said, hey, when he wakes up from a nap, you need to feed him. I just don't like baby food. Like, it's gross, you know? And so I had fried rice for lunch. So I thought, I just give him some. He's growing. He's eating hard food, you know, ish. So, so I gave him some food, so I just sat him down and and just started feeding him fried rice. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. Because everything that's right for you is not right for right now. Fried rice is right. Come on, somebody. It's right. With that little sauce on it, too. But he's not ready for that. And everything that's good in our life is we're not ready for it right now. Okay? So what if we started praying more for what God wanted for us more than we prayed for what we wanted God to do for us? Let me say that again. What if we started praying more for what God wanted for us more than what we wanted God to do for us? Because that's a whole different kind of prayer. That's a prayer that says, God, I want what you want. I want it when you want me to have it, however you want me to have it. That's the kind of prayer that changes you. So just because something's right doesn't mean it's right for right now. Uh, I've got family and close friends um, that uh, we were hanging out this weekend and an incredible marriage that, uh, and, and we were talking and I said to the wife, I said, I'm so glad you didn't meet him 10 years ago because you would have had nothing to do with him. It just wasn't right for right now, but it was right. It was right. All right, number three. Number three. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Talking about patience, enduring, long, and boring. Enjoy the journey. The potty training. School. Awful jobs. Bad breakups. Unrealized potential spaghetti every night the first year of marriage. The failed attempts at cleaning up your act. Enjoy the journey. Because the journey is the point. The journey's the point. The destination is not the point. The journey is the point. And the harder it is, the more valuable it'll be. The harder it is, the more valuable it will be. So maybe you find yourself today in a place that's not very enjoyable. Maybe you find yourself in a place that you don't think you can take anymore. You can't wait any longer. You haven't felt any rain on your crop in a long time. Maybe you just pray, God, will you help me to begin to enjoy the journey again? Because there were things that drive you crazy now that when you first got them or first did them or first started them, you enjoyed it. Even though it was hard work, you enjoyed it. First time you cut your grass at your new home, it's like, oh, man, that was awesome. Now you're like, oh, my God, right? First time you held your baby and they were crying, 
You weren't thinking like, you stop crying right now. They're, they just were born. And you're like, that's so cute. And now you're like, oh my God. <laughs> first day you walked into the office on that job, you knew it was going to be hard, but it was the first day. You were excited. Maybe you would begin to pray again, God, help me to enjoy the journey. Help me to enjoy the journey. So God's plans and dreams for your life are probably going to take longer and be harder than you imagine. Some things that are right for your life are not right for right now, and we've got to enjoy the journey. Long and boring obedience. Holy Spirit, help us to have patience. Let's pray.